Thank you for your prayers. Um, next slide. Next Sunday, actually slide number two. <laughs> there you go. Next Sunday around this time, we'll be five hours into our 30-hour journey to Malaysia. Um, and Malaysia, interesting enough, is if you look off to the right, now go back one slide, off to the right of that is, uh, uh, you'll see that large island of New Guinea. And so we're around that same latitude. Um, go to the next slide. So the next slide will show you Malaysia's in two parts. You have Peninsular Malaysia, and then you have East Malaysia. Well, East Malaysia, which is on the island of Borneo, is uh, sort of relatives to the New Guinea tribes. I mean, they, East Malaysia had the, the indigenous, that's where all the indigenous tribes were. Uh, the difference is most of those indigenous tribes have been reached earlier than in New Guinea because New Guinea's um, terrain makes it prohibitive to actually get to many of the jungles and valleys where they were. Where in, in Malaysia, it's, it's a lot easier to get to uh, uh, the indigenous people like the Dayaks and those like, like that. So a lot of Christian work has gone on in East Malaysia. So indigenous Malays can actually become Christians, not Malays born in regular Malaysia or peninsular Malaysia. Interesting fact, because they're born Muslim. So it's, Malaysia is a Muslim nation. It, um, it is mostly made up of, of three main people groups. The Malay, who are the, the you know, Malay of Malaysia, um, and they have special status there. The Chinese are the second largest people group, and especially in Kuala Lumpur, which is a, a large metropolitan area, just like Los Angeles. It's a, it's a modern city. Um, the Chinese are a large people group in Kuala Lumpur. Then you have Indians, mostly from southern India, who are mostly Tamil. And then you have a small percentage of people like us, expats, that are there. Uh, can we go to the next slide? The people of Malaysia are very diverse. And it's interesting, though, when you talk to a, a person from Malaysia, they will never call themselves Malaysian, like we will say, I'm an American. Well, they won't say, I'm Malaysian. What they will say is, I'm Chinese, or I'm Malay, or I'm Tamil, or whatever it is. They'll call themselves by their race. So even though it's a diverse culture, there's a lot of separation there. And that sort of gives you an idea of um, kind of the, you know, the way Malaysia is. Um, in fact, we say that the Chinese that are there in Malaysia are more Chinese than they are in China. And the reason being because they were able to keep all their traditions and, and superstitions and all those things and celebrate all their holidays were in China, which is taken over by the communists. They, they, a lot of practices were stopped. So it's very interesting to, to get into the, the Chinese culture there. Um, next slide. We... When we are there in Kuala Lumpur, we attend Hope Community Baptist Church, where we're members, which is a Chinese church, and a majority of the Christians that are living in Malaysia um, are Chinese. That's the biggest Christian church that is there in Malaysia. Of course, there's a lot of Christians also in the, the Tamil community, the Indian community, and and a few in the, in the Malay community. Although, again, if you're a Malay, you're born Muslim, and it's illegal for you to convert to Christianity. But 
God is doing a work all over. And so we see some coming to the Lord. Um, while we're there, let's put up the next slide. While we're there, I hope to be working particularly with these four pastors. These are Myanmar refugees who are pastors there in Kuala Lumpur. And in fact, um, so we have um, Solomon, Mungbik, um, Elvis, he chose an American name or an English name, <laughs> and John Sung. And John Sung is the reason I'm wearing this, okay? Because he gave it to me, and I could tell. I mean, he thought a long and hard what gift to give me, and he gave me this. And so I had to promise that I would wear it while I'm preaching. So here you go. So that you get to enjoy the colors of the Kachin tribe of Myanmar. And so they, these are the pastors that I'm hoping to go back this time and set up um, leadership training within their churches, not just to help their churches, but the churches that are also around them. So we're going to see if we can go to them now and do um, training and see how that uh, God can use that to help strengthen the, the Myanmar churches. And I say that because, remember I said how um, separated Malaysians are culturally. I mean, they work together, they play together, they celebrate their holidays together, but you'll never see any um, like interracial marriages or things like that. I mean, because they stick to their cultures. And so, um, as we look at the Chinese Christian church there, what we're seeing is young Chinese individuals don't go into the ministry. There is no young Chinese, um, even in our seminaries, in their seminaries there. And that's kind of a little concerning for all of us because we're wondering what will happen now as all these pastors start to get older. How is the transition going to happen in the Christian church? Plus, in the Christian church, they don't go out and minister to anybody other than their culture. So what what we're finding is, working with our refugees, I find a little bit more openness, because they're refugees, that uh, they have to reaching other cultures. So we're hoping that maybe God can do a great work within them and revival will happen, and they might be the leading church then to reach others in Malaysia, other people groups, other than just their, you know, the, the refugees who are from Myanmar. All right, uh, the next slide, Sherry, when she goes back this time, will be teaching at Rockland International School. Um, it's an international school, and many of, not many, but some of our um, IMB missionary families attend that school, so that's a way that she can help support um, our families that are there. Also, you see the picture on the right, of course, we're going to be in connection with Home of Peace, the girls' home that, uh, that the team from here went and did vacation Bible school with. So we're going to continue to support them and stay connected with them also. Sherry just won't be teaching there this time. She'll be teaching at Rockland International School. Uh, last slide of the pictures. Also, we're going to, uh, we feel that part of our ministry while we are there is to support and encourage the International Mission Board families that are already there in Malaysia, and like this family on the left. So we, they're, they're just the salt of the earth, great people, and we, we enjoy just being an encouragement to them for the work that they're doing because 
they are the missionaries on the field that we as our denomination send. We're kind of the, we're kind of the C team. We just kind of come along and, and help them, so encourage them. Um, also, as God gives opportunity, we will continue to minister to locals, uh, who, how, however God opens that door. We will do what we can to interact with the locals that are there and lift up Jesus Christ to them. So thank you again for all your support and encouragement over the years. And, and, um, and we will be heading back next Sunday. So as God brings us to mind, please shoot a prayer up uh, for, as we can surely use that as we serve there in Malaysia. All right, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to, to Hebrews chapter 12? And I'm going to be reading verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2, which reads, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak today to all of our hearts. Um, Where we are comfortable, make us uncomfortable where we are struggling, give us strength. Where we need your encouragement, give us comfort. Lord, we thank you for uh, who you are, your grace in our life, and may we continue to, um, to just grow as you desire to work your work of faith in us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so the passage, the main part of the passage is an encouragement for us to keep running, run with endurance. And so I've picked out four points uh, that I'm just going to kind of fly through to help us to understand how we can continue to run with endurance. So first of all, we need to be encouraged. Our passage starts with the words, therefore. And you know, every time you see the word, therefore, you, then you need to find out why it's there and what it's for. And so... So therefore, it points us back to chapter 11. In chapter 11, and is, it is a, the chapter that is all about faith. In fact, verse 1 tells us what faith is. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Verse 2 tells us that the people of faith receive their commendation from God. And verse 3 tells us, by faith, we understand that what's really going on in our cosmos around us. And then from verse 4 and following, it gives us examples of faith as it is lived out in God's people. And so we have real people listed there in that sort of hall of faith where, where they have completed the race. They have done what they could. They have grown in their faith to the very end. And they were people just like me and you. They were not perfect. I mean, they, were, they had their doubts, they, they had their struggles, <laughs> they made decisions that were bad, and I mean, some of them even terrible decisions, and yet, they're listed there as those that ran the race of endurance and, and completed that marathon with faith. And then the chapter ends with these words, all these people and others who ran the race, who through faith 
conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. But some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance. So when you think about Throughout history, all those before us that had completed the race, ran by faith and, and did what they could and, 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 and received the grace of God. Therefore, let us keep running. Be encouraged. Recognize that we're not in this alone. That there are others with the same struggles you have, with the same problems you had, with the same doubts you have that have completed the race by God's grace, because they had faith in Him. Not in their own ability, not in what they could do, but their faith was in God who had not given up on them and would continue to work in and through them. That only He reigns. That only He allows things to happen. So even though I don't understand, I can still run by faith with endurance because I trust him. And that's what those people did. So be encouraged. Us have run the race and have entered into the victory, so we can too. Point two, we can run with endurance when we are wise. We are told to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Now, it's easy to recognize that 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 sin will keep us from running the race, right? I mean, that's sort of obvious. If you sin, well, you're not going to run so well. I mean, all we got to do is, is listen to stories that we're constantly uh, hear around way too often about fallen church leaders and, and how the news might focus on them and how this one did this thing and that's why they're, they have to leave the church or, or whatever. They have to give up their ministry. And, and it brings heartache to the body of Christ and affirmation to unbelievers that, that we're all a bunch of hypocrites and so the news blasts it over and over. There are way too many stories like that. There's a inclination in all of us to sin, isn't there? And every time I, I hear of a leader that has to leave, I mean, it breaks my heart. But it also is a warning to me that <laughs> I could do that. I mean, that sin that caught them lives in all of us, it's in our flesh. It's in that, that sin nature 
Yes, we have the, we give it the Spirit of God, but we still struggle, don't we, inside. That sin nature is always there, and it, and it won't be until, until we're resurrected and made complete. And until then, we run with endurance, knowing that, that we, have to, we have to make sure by the grace of God we do not fall prey to sin that still resides within our heart. 1 John 2.16 says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father but from the world. So all anything that you think about doing that falls in that category, recognize that's sin. So don't do it. Don't do it. Because it will entangle your life and you won't be able to run the race. If you're having problems identifying the sin in your life, you need to join a Bible study. Because if you're, <laughs> you're not under the constant teaching of God's Word, we can start fooling ourselves and start thinking that we don't have any sins really to worry about. And join a Bible study and you'll, you start listening to the Word of God and all of a sudden you'll see how dark your heart really is. Amen? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Plus, it will give us a place then when we identify those sins. It will give us brothers and sisters that will help us deal with those sins. And we bring them out to the light where they will lose its power. You keep it hidden inside, all pressed down, and so only you know it. That's where it has its power, doesn't it? That's what it continues to pull us in the direction so that we are out of the race. Notice that sin entangles us and trips us up so that we fall and we sort of not running anymore. But when you think of the, the term weight, that weight is something that slows you down, isn't it, from running? It's not necessarily sin, the way I look at it in this passage, but it's a weight. In other words, in my mind, I picture it as it could be something good. But when you're running the race, it becomes a hindrance. It could be like sweatpants and a, and a warm-up jacket that you wear to keep your muscles warm and, and loose before a race that, that you want to get rid of, though, when you're running a marathon. Because if you're running a marathon and you have this stuff on, it's, it's going to slow you down, right? You're not going to be able to run effectively. So something that was good now becomes a hindrance because it's not properly used when you're running the race. Something good like fishing, I like fishing. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do. But when it becomes a distraction, which is the only thing I'm doing, then it becomes a weight that keeps me from running the race. Oh, that was hard to say. <laughs> but it's the truth, isn't it? I mean, there are things that are good in our life that become distractions and keep us from running the race for God. So that we are making disciples of all nations. Third, not only do we need to be wise, but we need to be strategic. Our verse tells us that we're running the race with endurance. The race that is set before us. That it's a long run. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And we're in this race for the long haul to the very end. One reason I feel compelled to return to Malaysia is, I'll just be honest with you, 
uh, I, life here in America, for me, maybe not everybody, but for me, seems to be too comfortable. Um, I can feel like I'm taking a stroll, not running a marathon, because I know <laughs> kind of how to do things, how to, how to get by, how to do just enough to seem spiritual. And what is good for most, for me, has become a weight. And it keeps me from running. So it's back to Malaysia, where I'm constantly pushed outside my comfort zone. Just going shopping often is not just a a cultural challenge, but a spiritual learning experience as I find out more and more about myself and what garbage still resides within me. Um, and frankly, I miss that. When we were back this, this couple months ago, I mean, I realized how much I missed that, to be pushed to grow. So we need to run with endurance, the long haul. Please don't just find yourself in that rut of being comfortable. Please push yourself to learn more about God so that you can learn more about yourself and keep running the race. Fourth, to run the race with endurance, we need to be focused. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The older I get, the more I'm realizing how temporary and how worldly so many things are. Things that, that seemed so critical to me before. And things that were high on my priority list before. Now, now I looked at, at them and they kind of just, they, they just fade into the background. As I, as I look to Jesus, who is the, who is the who given me, his, who has created faith, and by his grace has been given. Given, given this faith to us. I, I think, why did I waste my, so much time and energy on, on pursuing things that were beyond my control? You know, things that, that really I couldn't change, and yet I can, it consumed so much of my energy. Spent endless amount of time worrying and praying about those things. When really life is pretty simple. When we look to Jesus. Because he's only told us to do one thing, church. And that's to go make disciples. That's as the young adults were sharing. Right? He didn't tell us to change our nation. He didn't tell us to even change our community. In essence, he told us to make disciples and those things would happen. I think we're getting it backwards. I think we're focused on, you know, doing the other stuff making enemies of the other people. And we forget, we are called to make disciples of all nations and peoples. No matter what they believe or what they think or how they act. I want to, how much time I got? Okay. <laughs> Let me figure it out. Just, just do this one thing. Okay, just, just, just hold your hand up. Just put your hand up. Okay, everybody focus on the cross. 
right? Focus on the cross. Now, you notice how when you look at that cross, your hand is just sort of there among other things. It's right in the periphery, right? Right? Nod your head, yes. Thank you. Okay. All right. Now, focus on your hand. You notice that as soon as you focus on your hand, how big that your hand became? Right before, it was just kind of there in the background, on the periphery. But when you focus on your hand, all of a sudden it became big. That's what we do when we look at our problems. We start looking at our problems, and all of a sudden it gets in the way of where the, Jesus is, the author and perfecter of our faith, because it becomes the biggest thing in our life. When God tells us, focus on him. He's the one who gave us faith. He's the author of it. He's the founder of it. And he continues to perfect it in us if we just keep running and not give up. Then we can run the race with endurance. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth and all this other garbage will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are and what you mean to us. God, we just praise you that you are the author of faith. Lord, you give us faith. You're perfecting it in us. You're not telling us to make our faith better. We have your faith by your grace. All we need to do is keep looking to you and keep running and not give up. So help us take one step in front of the other. Let us keep running this race of endurance. And we will give you the praise when we get the end because you deserve all praise. And we pray this in Jesus' name.